Hey, Story Pillar friends, grown-ups, if you love the news, or most of it anyway, and want your kids to love the news too, check out Newsy Paloozy, a news podcast for smart kids and curious adults. Here are Leela and her mom Lindy with everything you need to know. Hello, hello, I'm Leela Shivshanka Prickett. And this is my mama. <laughs> I'm also called Lindy Prickett. And we produce the only world news podcast for kids. Newsy Paloozy. Though a lot of adults like it too. Because we don't just do politics. Nope, there's so much more happening in the world. Like art, culture. And sports news. And loads of science. And by science, we mean up in space, down in the sea, animals roving the earth. Like the four-legged whale that used to roam Egypt. Or the bumblebee who befriended a British girl. Or the sheep versus lawnmower debate. As well as the latest in tech from electric vehicles to AI helping art. You name it, we cover it. It's the coolest pool of news and information. Come on and take a dip in. Newsy Palizzi. Okay, ready for the show? Hey, I'm so happy you're back. I'm Meg, a human person. And I'm Sneak. I'm a caterpillar with red-tastic sneaker weaker meekers. Oh, and that's my best friend, Sparky, a.k.a. the best giant chicken in all 700 gabillion galaxies. <laughs> um, what's with all the bubbles, Sneak? I don't know, Tiny Toe. Ask Sparky. She's the one who woke up this morning and said, which I correctly interpreted as hot doggy loggies. Let's blow a giant bubble and ride it all the way to Mars. So that's why you two have been blowing bubbles. Ah, like all morning. Yeah, Barini Teeny. Ready for our big one, Sparky Kins? Blam! <laughs> okay, why don't we finish introductions? Hey. I'm Bean. I'm a butterfly, and I definitely don't want to ride to Mars in a giant bubble. <laughs> and now that you know who we are, this is Story, Story Pillar. Pillar. I feel a story coming on. Wonder where we'll end up today. We'll blast around the world. Sneak and be leading the way Go Story Pillar, we're in this together No stopping us full speed ahead Go Story Pillar, shake it up a little Make cloudy skies brighter with friends ooh, ooh, ooh. Hey everyone, welcome to the third episode of Story Pillar Season 2 this is a podcast where we tackle sticky situations, explore stories from all over the world, and pick up advice from you, our listeners. Absolutely, Bootly. And today we get to explore this space-tastically giganterific universe in a bubble-tastically giganterific bubble while riding a chicken-tastically giganterific giant chicken! <laughs> Let's check in with our listeners and figure out what sticky situation we're tackling this week. Listeners, how are you feeling today? <gasps> Sweet 
cones, did you hear that? It sounded like someone was crying. I had to turn my supersonic space detective ear-tastic hearing power up, but I heard it clear as coconuts. Yeah, I hope you're okay, whoever you are. Uh, even if you are feeling sad or whatever. Ooh, I could do my three-legged armpit dance to cheer you up. <gasps> Get your armpits out and shake them all about. It's the three-legged armpit dance. Get your boots and your... Uh, hold on, Sneak. Just because someone's crying, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're feeling sad. Oh, yeah. My best friend Jasmine cries when she's, like, really mad. Ooh, and our great-uncle Herman cries when he's fantastically happy. Like when we surprised him with a birthday cake shaped like a lawnmower. <laughs> Exactly. Sometimes different feelings can look the same. Unfortunately, we can't ask that particular listener how they're actually feeling, but... Wait a sec, Meg. Do you hear that? I don't think that's a listener. It's Sparky! (gasps) Oh no! Sparky? What happened? It makes perfect-tastic sense. Uh, we don't speak giant chicken. Oopsie, poopsie, scoopsie. She said she doesn't want to fly to Mars. She wants to fly to the farm. Great Uncle Herman's farm, where she used to live. Because she misses all of her cousins. Oh, Sparky. I'm sorry. Missing someone we haven't seen for a long time is really tough. But I do think we have our sticky situation for this week. What do we do when we really, really miss someone? Well, slap my sassy little shoelaces. It's story time! (laughs) This week, we're traveling to Hawaii. Another archipelago! Hawaii is a U.S. state in the Pacific Ocean made up of 137 islands. It's just north of the equator, east of the Marshall Islands, and northeast of the island nation of Samoa. Hawaii is also literally made up of volcanoes, including Mauna Kea, a dormant volcano that NASA actually used as a training ground for astronauts heading to the moon. Holy space balls. <laughs> Good one, beanie weenie. Oh, and Hawaii also has Jackson's chameleons. I talked all about them on my sneak attack last week. They kind of look like a teeny weeny triceratops. And when they're hunting, they can dangle from their tails like monkeys and shoot out their sticky wicky bug snatching super tongues in one sixteenth of a second. Hot poodle noodles. Before we start the story, some people in Hawaii speak Hawaiian pidgin, and my friends M and Mike said that how's it is one way of saying what's up. Want to try? How's it? That's fun to say. How's it? (laughs) Yep, listeners, your turn. That sounded great. Okay, rocket time sneak. Buckle your bones, everybody. And... Countdown. Three, two, one. Go. Owl for One and One for Owl by Meg Lewis. Adapted from the Battle of the Owls 
a Hawaiian folktale. Kamu woke to find an egg in his hat, another egg in his hat. Just wait till I catch that owl. He stretched, nearly cracking his weary spine in two, then wiggled his bare toes in the spongy green moss that served as his doormat. They looked like large, wrinkly worms poking their heads up for a breath of morning air. Then he crouched in the open doorway, ancient knees popping like gunfire, and inspected the pale ovals nestled in the tattered old gardening hat that used to be his favorite. One, two, three. A new day, a new egg. Mm. Then let out a sound like a hornet with a head cold and vigorously scratched the silver stubble sprouting wildly from his chin. It's a hat, you know, he bellowed and glared at the sleeping forest. His peevish words crashed their way through the slumbering vines and startled the still-dozing songbirds into a noisy twitter. My hat, not your nest. Mm. Kamu's eyebrows bunched into furious, wiry caterpillars as he looked up and then up further still, eyes carefully scanning the banyan tree's endless branches for the egg-laying culprit. The pueo, for surely it had to be the brown speckled owl that fluttered around his taro fields each day, stayed hidden, no doubt smothering an owlish giggle with one wing. And so, Kamu carefully lifted his usurped hat, hawked a slimy green blob into the jumble of leaves lining the forest floor, and shuffled back inside to prepare breakfast. Ordinary people don't live in trees, you know. Kamu heard his wife's words as clearly as if she were sitting at the table, calmly drinking her morning tea. He picked up the picture frame propped against the window and smiled as he heard his own reply. Well then, love, we'll just have to settle for being extraordinary. Halia had laughed then. (laughs) A sound like bells and rain and fireflies all rolled into one and she kissed his cheek before striding into the odd little house built into the enormous banyan tree that nearly swallowed the sky whole. And that had been that. Halia and Kamu and their brand new taro farm and the tree that was a house, together, forever, and happier than either of them had ever imagined possible. But that was a long time ago. Kamu (sighs) let out a sigh that began deep in his belly and blinked away his daydream. He heard the water burble to a boil, heart squeezing just a little, and used a long-handled ladle to scoop up the first egg. The egg jumped. (gasps) Holy hula hoops! Kamu nearly leapt out of his skin as he threw the spoon, and of course the egg, and watched eyes wide as coconuts as his breakfast landed on the floor with a smack. It wobbled to a stop under the stove's generous iron belly, and he creaked to all fours, pajama-clad bottom sticking absurdly in the air like the tail of some strange, featherless peacock. The runaway egg rolled so lively and strong that it shot out from its hiding place and crashed into the end of Kamu's sun-weathered nose. Ow! He frowned and plucked his fugitive breakfast off the floor. You were supposed to be an omelet. You know, Kamu leaned closer and whispered, With toast! and pineapple jam. The egg did a little happy dance in response, and even though Kamu's belly grumbled a low, juicy growl, his lips reluctantly stretched into a smile. He watched as a sharp little beak pecked its way free from the creamy shell and cleared just enough space for a fluffy gray head and two impossibly round eyes that belonged on a much larger bird. 
The hatchling flapped its downy wings in delight until a rustle sent two gray heads, one large and tangly, one small and fluffy, swiveling towards the palm frond hat. Oh no! Kamu's stomach sank as he watched the makeshift owl's nest twitch and rock dangerously close to the edge of the knotty wooden table. Oh no, 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 not all of them! He ran a hand over his face and sighed as two more ridiculous gray puffballs popped up from the straw-colored wisps and studied his scowling face in fascination. Well... Kamu sighed and glanced down at the very small owl trying to swallow his pinky finger hole. Ow! I think we're gonna need more toast. From then on, it was a morning tradition. Kamu and his foster owls nibbled toast and pineapple jam, but definitely not eggs, at the table that used to be a tree stump, while Halia gazed contentedly down at them from her spot on the windowsill. Well then, omelet! Kamu set his mug down with a bang and narrowed his eyes at the largest baby owl. She froze and stood at attention atop her half-pecked piece of toast, head cocked to one side as if memorizing his every word. What are you waiting for? The weeds to grow? Round up the troops. He hid a smile behind a slurp of tea as she puffed up her chest and tittered a sharp command to her siblings. Lava, the smallest of the bunch, gleefully hopped off his plate and dashed after her, an explosion of feathers, crumbs, and enthusiastic hoots billowing behind him. And Coco, as round and sweet as her namesake, scrambled out of her favorite teacup and flapped her way onto Kamu's shoulder. Lazy bones, he teased, but he held open the pocket of his faded denim shirt anyway and chuckled (laughs) as she shimmied down and snuggled close to his chest. Record time, he chirped, then threw a kiss toward Halia's smiling face and hurried to catch up. Kamu felt the forest stretch and come awake around him, swishing leaves and feisty squawks and the soft shh-block, shh-block of the mud pulling at his boots as they marched toward the taro patch. Watch out for snakes, he shouted in Omelette's direction. Snaky little devils, he muttered, then bent to fish lava from the bell of a massive pink flower. He lifted the little miscreant to eye level and scolded, mm, If only Halia were here to whip you into shape. The dangling owl blinked an apology and opened and closed his wings like a tiny feathery umbrella, then stretched forward to nibble on one of his foster father's eyebrows. Ow! Stop that, you little fiend! But Lava simply wriggled out of his grasp and shot behind a frilly fern in search of even more mischief. Oh, my Halia. Kamu swept his eyes up to where the bright tangle of leaves had given way to brilliant blue sky. Lend me your patience he whispered, hopeful that some part of his wife was still there in this beautiful place they had loved so well together. As if in answer, a large brown owl splashed with white, the egg bandit herself, surfed the breeze across the sea of heart-shaped leaves and disappeared into the wall of trees on the other side. Kamu snorted. Hmm, thanks, by the way, for your little gifts, he shouted after her then felt Coco squirm in her perch and stroked the very round fluffy head sticking absurdly out of his pocket. (laughs) Thanks, he said again, but this time there was a smile in his voice. Kamu gave himself a shake, then gently set his passenger down on a mound of soil. Okay, you two, wherever you are, enough dilly-dallying. He threw down his sack of tools and gave a brisk clap as two panting owlets, mud-splattered and looking like they'd gotten attacked by moldy leaves, popped 
out from the nearest row of taro and collapsed in a heap at his feet. Kamu rolled his eyes and coughed away a grin <clears throat> as Coco peeped a greeting. Let's get to work. And so, together, they fell into a familiar rhythm. Omelette was on weed duty, ripping each leafy intruder from the soil with her razor-sharp beak and ferrying it to the steadily growing compost pile. Lava was in charge of pest removal, stalking the greedy little taro beetles like a small, fuzzy ninja. And Coco, from atop the rim of Kamu's other favorite hat, chirped and hopped out the coordinates of plants in need of thinning or staking or some other sort of extra special care. <sighs> You know, little coconut, I think she would be proud. Coco flitted down to nestle into the crook of his neck, and together they surveyed their handiwork. The sploosh of water through the ancient rain barrels and rusty pipes Kamu had wrestled into homemade sprinklers. And the happy little family, three with feathers, one without, that lovingly tended to the little farm's every need, day after day. <laughs> Not bad for an old fart and three rascally owls, huh? Just then, a screech exploded overhead, and a brown and white flash rocketed toward where Omelette sat blissfully sunbathing on what appeared to be a tree root, until a second glance revealed scales and long, curving fangs. Kamu gasped, <gasps> and with a feeling like a punch to the guts, dove for the little owl that was about to be someone else's breakfast. That's my omelette, he growled and landed in the mud with a colossal splat Ooh. and a sudden pain that burned like lava through the veins of his right arm. The world went a bit fuzzy around the edges then, as Kamu lay there in the mud and tried very hard to remember how to breathe. Omelette? La lava? Oh. He croaked and tried to get up, but he suddenly felt as heavy as a whale. He could have sworn he saw lava hopping up and down like an angry pinecone and pecking ferociously at wildly thrashing mud. But then there were fireworks behind his eyes for some reason and a high whine like a mosquito trapped in a watering can. And then, suddenly, Halia was there, her smile calm and reassuring as she kissed his forehead and smoothed his hair. But then he blinked, and when he looked again, she had feathers and wide yellow eyes and something long and limp dangled from her sharp talons. Not yet, she hooted softly into his ear. Not yet. And then she whirled abruptly, and there was another screech and a whoosh of wings, and then Kamu's whole world went dark. The next day started like any other. Well, almost any other. Omelette impatiently tapped a foot atop her toast, while Coco swam dreamily in her teacup. And Lava tried to eat his way out of the open jar of pineapple jam. But something was definitely different. Kamu wasn't hunched over the table like usual, pretending to bark orders and glower like a goblin. He had tried, to be sure, but three stubborn, furiously hooting nurses had bounced on his chest until he had no choice but to collapse onto his nest of pillows and wish his throbbing arm actually had fallen off the day before. Omelette fluttered over and gave him a stern look, clearly daring him to get up. Kamu raised his good arm in defeat. I know, I know, you've got everything under control. He gave her a pat and smiled as she chirped contentedly. 
I'm so glad I didn't turn you into a real omelet, he whispered, then chuckled as she barked an order to her tea-soaked sister and jam-covered brother and hustled them toward the door. The three paused to throw Kamu an adoring look, then turned as one and tumbled into the slowly waking forest. Watch out for snakes, he blurted, heart racing in a sudden panic, then relaxed as a shadow fell across their path and speckled wings glided protectively along behind them. He glanced at Halia, still smiling down from the window ledge, the first fingers of sunlight softly setting her face aglow. <sighs> Thank you, love, for everything. I'm so very glad that you're here. The end. So, what did you think? That was fantastic! I totally want three baby owl sidekicks! Lava and Coco and Elmley can team up with the Sneakinator and Sparkalicious for our next Zombie Carrot Space Warrior Detective Mega Galaxy Showdown! Holy coconut sneak breathe! <laughs> anyway, I actually really liked this story, Meg. Whoa, and I think Sparky did too. Mm-hmm. What did you like about it? Well, I wouldn't mind living in a giant tree in the middle of a rainforest, but I really liked how Kamu dealt with missing Halia. You mean by blowing a gross-tastic snapball into the forest and trying to eat three fluffy, fluffy little baby owls? Uh, not exactly. I liked that he found ways to keep her with him, like blowing her picture a kiss every morning and like thinking about the really special moments they had together, even though it was tough sometimes. Um, I don't know, Sparky? Maybe you can, like, try one of Kamu's on stick tricks next time you're missing your cousins? Ooh, we can make little giant chicken finger puppets and act out when you and your cousin Squirt gave all the pigs full body glitter tattoos? <laughs> okay, so now we have one great unstick trick for when you're missing someone you love. Find a way to keep that person with you, like drawing a picture of them or acting out a really fun time you had together. Time for even more unsticky trickies! Yep, let's check in with Arabella, B, and Julian to see what they do when they're missing someone they love. Okie dokie pokey. Our friend Arabella, age 5, says she makes a card for the person she's missing. And our other friend, B, who's 5 years old too, says that she closes her eyes and counts slowly to 20 so she can feel calm. And here's Julian with a little help from his sister, Addie. My name is Julian. I am 5. Okay, Julian, what do you do when you miss someone? I plan to visit them. Good job! So, what do you think, Sparky Wacky Markykins? Aha! You said it, sister! <laughs> I'm guessing that means she's gonna, like, give one of those a try. Thank you, Arabella, B, Julian, and Addie! <laughs> Listeners, if you have an unstick trick you use when you're really, really missing someone, we'd love to hear about it. Send your grown-ups to storypillar.com slash unstick tricks. Okay, that's it. 
we finished our third episode of Story Pillar Season 2. Sweet baby owl toes! Self high five! Wham! Or high wing if you, like, happen to be a giant chicken. Okay! <laughs> okay, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We'll have new full episodes every other Monday and mini episodes. <gasps> Sneak attacks! And phenometer checks. On the weeks in between. Don't forget to have a grown-up join our mailing list and subscribe, rate, and leave a gold star review wherever you love listening. If you have a story suggestion on Stick Trick or just want to say hi, send your grown-up to storypillar.com. They can also find a link there to our Ko-fi page, as well as more information about how to support the show. As always, thanks to Andy Job and Susanna Bridges for their work on our theme song, And for more of their great kids' music, check out andyandsusanna.com or find them on Spotify and iTunes. And grown-ups, don't forget to zip on over to Instagram. I-N-S-T-A-G-R-A-M. Instagram. I-X-P-Z-Z-T-Y. Our handle is at sign story pillar you can also follow Mackenzie allison who does our awesome episode cover art at mk allison art okay ready to say goodbye bye i love you bye come back next time if you want to bye everyone remember missing someone you love is tough try drawing a picture of them acting out fun times together making them a card counting to 20 or making a plan to visit them. Whatever you choose, you got this. And we'll be here cheering you on.